Hello and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. Uh, so much to get to, Rick. We're going to be talking to a, a congressman who was one of the early Trump supporters to find out if there's any wavering given all the... Uh, all the, all the smoke and controversy swirling around the White House. We'll also be talking uh, to somebody who is involved with uh, a dark money outside group attacking James Comey. We want to ask where's the money coming from and what's the game plan and is the White House on, on board with those attacks. But I got to tell you, Rick, this has been, this has been one heck of a 48 hours uh, at, at the White House, one heck of a 24 hours. I mean, the, 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 the story that we broke just yesterday – Jeff Sessions, the president's attorney general, his first cabinet nominee, the first senator to support him. Tensions have gotten so bad between the president and his own attorney general that not long ago, Attorney General Sessions threatened or not threatened. That's a little too too harsh, but offered to resign, basically telling the president, if you're that upset with me, president being upset because Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation. If you're that upset, then I am more than willing to resign. It is an incredible moment. And, and all of the different threads of this of this storyline leading up to the day that James Comey has his say. And we've seen so much emerge about what he is prepared to say. And John, you've been reporting uh, pretty extensively and exclusively in, in some cases on what he plans to say and the way that he plans to contradict the president, um, but stick to the facts. And it doesn't appear based on your reporting that he's going to say there was actual an attempted obstruction of justice. Uh, he is appearing more as a witness than as um, a former FBI director or as an analyst or as a lawyer in that case. Uh, but his this is going to be a signal moment. And, and I feel like the, we talked a lot on this show and elsewhere about the credibility of the presidency, uh, his ability to govern so many of the different threads, the different storylines between Russia and this president's management style uh, and lo- the idea of loyalty to the president. It all comes crashing together at this hearing uh, in, involving James Comey. And uh, I'd also say the 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 preparations that you're seeing, John, it, it, it looks like um, they are preparing for war, but it also looks like the plan is sort of to have no plan. It's very haphazard. You've got the possibility of the president tweeting out his own uh, items, his own remarks during the hearing. Uh, the talk of the war room is faded away. It's really the president versus Comey, mano a mano. Well, you know, it may not surprise you, but at the White House briefing uh, on on Tuesday, uh Press Secretary uh, Sean Spicer was asked the president's plans for kind of monitoring the hearing. Uh, Take a listen to this exchange. Uh, Can you tell tell us where the president's going to be and what he's going to be doing on Thursday at 10 a.m.? Is he going to watch former Director Comey's uh, testimony up on Capitol Hill? Uh, The president's got a full day on Thursday. There's an infrastructure meeting with mayors and governors uh, to talk about what we just some of the the projects that need to get out that public private partnership that I just discussed he's giving a speech uh, midday to the faith and freedom coalition downtown uh, there's going to be a very busy day as all of his days are I, look as I just said the president's going to have a very very busy day and uh, as he does all the time and I think his focus is going to be on pursuing the agenda and the priorities that he was elected to do so there you hear Sean Spicer clearly suggesting that the president is going to be too busy to watch Comey's testimony. I, this may shock you, Rick, but <laughs> I'm told that that is just not true, that the president 
uh, does intend to watch the hearing. He does have a speech at 1230 uh, in town. So at some point he will have to leave if the hearing goes past that. But but at that time period, he has blocked out time to watch Comey's testimony. There is no plan, contrary to some, some other reporting out there, for the president to live tweet the hearing. But there's also no plan to really respond, uh, no, no, no battle plan. And several officials I have spoken to say that they – they would not be surprised if the president uh, goes right to Twitter himself and does this. All of that is not. There's no game plan. There's no strategic, you know, plan to have him sit there and live tweet the way uh, he's he's done some other events. But you know, I mean, for Sean Spicer to go up there and suggest the president's going to be just too busy to watch this, I mean, I don't know. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, 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 I'm, you know, I don't know if he's, I don't know why he said that. I don't know if he's out of the loop on this or what. But, uh, but, but I've spoken to, to, to several senior advisors that say, of course, the president will be very closely watching this hearing. Of course he's going to watch. And of course, the, the news is going to crash down on the White House. And uh, I think he, he's got a speech in the afternoon where he's talking about it. And we're going to be talking in, in a little while with, with, with a congressman who's very supportive, as well as uh, someone with one of the outside groups that are preparing the air war around this already. And it is taking Comey to task and going to war with Comey. That appears to be the next piece of this. Uh, there's some polling out from us at ABC and the Washington Post that, that that suggests that his base may be receptive to that, but that the public is very skeptical of the president's word on this. This this story has done damage, and again, it's just been the story for so long. I I don't you know. There's actually bars in D.C. that are having happy hours, John, starting at like nine in the morning. Don't get any ideas, Rick. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it just seems like a podcast idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, please. Um, you know, uh, amidst the, the the swirl of this. We had the announcement this morning of a new nominee for FBI director. Have you heard about this? I Christ- did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Ray. Uh, the news came uh, in a presidential tweet at roughly 7:44 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, a simple tweet saying the president from the president saying he intended to nominate Ray. Guess what, Rick? Um, <laughs> I talked to senior people here in the White House in the West Wing who say that they had no idea that that tweet was coming, um, that there was there, there's no rollout plan. Usually when you have a major personnel announcement like this, there is, you know, there's there's a rollout plan, there's documents, there's, there's statements that are mustered from supporters, uh, there's an event with the president standing next to his nominee. This just kind of popped on Twitter and kind of sent the White House scrambling. One person said to me, well, they're doing Google searches right now in the, in, 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 in the White House. Uh, to to get to get ready for this and and I mean it's just it's just kind of kind of nuts but but the other thing Rick before we get to our guests is you know this this story about Jeff Sessions and and there had been reporting in the New York Times that the president was one, unhappy with Sessions and then you know our our reporting that Sessions offered to resign uh, b- before we reported that there was this remarkable moment that I, I want to play for you also in Sean Spicer's briefing. Uh, where he was asked a very basic question, does the president have confidence in his attorney general? How would you describe the president's level of confidence in the attorney general, Jeff Sessions? I have not had a discussion with him about that. Okay, last time you said that, there, there was a development. Last I, I, time I'm, just, I, you, I'm asking, I'm, I'm answering a question, which is I have not had that discussion with him. So you can't say he has confidence in his attorney general? I said I have not had a discussion with him on the question. I don't, if I haven't had a discussion with him about a subject, I tend not to speak about it. So it may not surprise you, Rick, but shortly after that, I went up to the press secretary's office and I asked uh, the folks up there. Sean was not in. I asked his deputy, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, can you 
any answer yet? Have you had a chance to ask the president? I'm going to go on the air at 6.30 tonight. Can you please ask him before then? Does he have confidence in his attorney general? I called again this morning. Any answer? Uh, does the Have you had a chance to ask the president? Still, amazingly, nobody's had a chance to ask the president uh, if he has confidence in his attorney general. There's still no answer to that question. And Rick. Has that, that ever happened before? I mean, <laughs> that, I mean is, is, did you see any parallels here ever? Can we do a flashback? Let's do a quick flashback. Uh, this was a, a, a conversation that I had uh, with um, the White House press secretary during the briefing question that I asked uh, the day before, I believe it was, uh, James. Or no, no. It was actually the it's day, the right? It was, it was the day. day. <laughs> the day that James Comey was fired. Take a listen. Does the president still have confidence, full confidence in FBI director James Comey? I have no reason to believe. I haven't asked him. So I, I don't I have not asked the president since the last time we spoke about this. <laughs> and we know what happened. Uh, so anyway, Rick, um, such is uh, another day in the life of Indeed. the Trump White House. <laughs> Indeed, John. All right. Let's uh, let's get to our guest, shall we? Yes. Joining us now, Congressman James Comer from the great state of Kentucky. Congressman, thank you for joining us on Powerhouse Politics. Well, thank you for having me. So I've got to ask you, there's just such a swirl of developments and controversy around this White House right now. Uh, the one that uh, really kind of caught me by surprise yesterday was uh, uh, learning the depths of the feud between the president of the United States and his attorney general, Jeff Sessions. Uh, as, as we uh, first reported yesterday, Sessions actually at one point um, – Offered to resign, he said. You know, basically telling the president, "If you're if you're that upset with me for recusing myself um, from the Russia investigation, I'm willing to resign." What do you make of 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 this? Well, obviously, uh, the Attorney General is a very loyal person. I, I don't think it's uh, any different scenario than what happens in any administration. Uh, obviously, you serve at the at the will of the president, and I'm hopeful that uh, everything it will be fine, and uh, the two uh, can continue to work together because I believe they have the opportunity to do some great things for America. But but do, do you share some of the frustration that that, that I hear uh, from from many of your colleagues that the kind of the, the drama here in the West Wing, the 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 president, you know, picking fights on Twitter with the uh, with the mayor of London. Um, you know, now sparring with with his attorney general, uh, you know, the, the kind of the the palace intrigue in the West Wing. It, it, are you frustrated that this is this is kind of distracting from your, your opportunity here with a unified Republican government of actually getting something done? Well, I think it's a new normal. Uh, and the American people were, were loud and clear last November. They wanted a president that's outside the box. And they were sick and tired of politicians that uh, talk with strict talking points that never deviated from from their message uh, that were almost robotic. They wanted uh, a leader that was outside the box that, that said what he think what he thought and, and did things differently and you know whether whether those of us in Congress and and uh, the media like it or not I think it's here to stay uh, this is certainly the president's style I for one thought that maybe he would he would uh, change a, and be more like uh, previous presidents once he once he took office but it, it's apparent he's not going to do that. And when I go home and talk to my constituents when we're in recess, the, the people in my district still fully support the president. Uh, they appreciate his his style. It, it may be uh, 
it, it may be a little uncomfortable for for those of us in Congress, and I know it's uncomfortable for the for the mainstream media, but uh, it's the new normal, and I think we're just going to have to get used to it. Congressman, I, I, I'm curious your own plans tomorrow. The Comey's hearing, the, the cable countdown clock's been going on for days now. Uh, everyone is kind of amped up on it. Do, do you plan on watching? Are members of Congress going to be popping popcorn and, and eagerly anticipating this huddled around screens? Well, we're all going to be keeping up with it. I know I'm going to be keeping up with it because uh, it's received a lot of a lot of press, and uh, it has probably been a distraction in some areas of, of getting uh, our agenda passed. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that tomorrow is, is going to be here so that we can uh, find out uh, the uh, Comey side of the story. And then obviously the president will have an opportunity to, to respond. Uh, however, he, he chooses, uh, whether it be on Twitter or whether it be with a, with a live interview or a press conference or, or whatever. But I think it's important that we get this passed uh, and, and move on because, honestly, the, the average voter, in my opinion, is not as obsessed with this James Comey drama as as the people in Washington. So I, I'm, I'm glad that he's going to have his day to testify, and, and hopefully we can uh, move on from there and try to fix health care and try to improve the business climate to where we can create good paying jobs in America uh, to put American workers uh, back on a level playing field uh, all across the globe. And I think that we can do that. But certainly this uh, this Comey thing needs to happen and, and it, we need to move on then. So, so, Congressman, to your point about about the public's perceptions on this. So we had some new polling out of the ABC and the Washington Post just today. Uh, that found that 55% of people are inclined to to not trust uh, Director Comey on this side. Now, a, a larger portion, 70%, not trusting uh, President Trump. It breaks down upon party lines, as I think as you would as you would expect. Right. But uh, what what is your level of trust in James Comey? Do you consider him uh, and, and his word to to have value, to have meaning, or do you, do you consider him, as some people are suggesting now, a purely political operator? Well, I I have some concerns about Comey. And if you, if you go back to before the president fired Comey, uh, all the messages that we were getting in my office, and, and I watched the news as much as anyone, uh, Democrats were calling for the president to terminate Comey. They felt like Comey uh, gave Trump an unfair advantage by the way he handled the or mishandled the election in the final weeks uh, back in 2016. Uh, people had lost confidence in in Comey in both parties. Uh, then once the president terminated Comey, then the same people that were calling demanding that uh, me as a member of Congress would would put pressure on the president to fire Comey. Now they were like, oh, you can't fire Comey. He's it's a cover-up. It's a cover-up. And, and I think that whether you support Comey or not, whether you support Trump or not, one thing I think most Americans would agree on is that uh, Comey was in the news too much. Uh, he was uh, The way he handled the election first, uh, the way he handled it uh, with respect to Trump, then in the end, certainly the way he handled it with, with Clinton. Uh, so much has come out since that maybe some of their uh, – information wasn't accurate or credible, some of their uh, uh, intelligence. 
And then, of course, Comey testified and, and said under oath that he had not been influenced in, in any way by the administration. So I think there are some credibility issues with Comey, unfortunately. Uh, I know that in America, we're still divided uh, most of the time along party lines, and I think that's unfortunate. Uh, I was hoping that uh, we could move past that and, and be more united uh, in America, it doesn't appear that that's going to happen anytime soon. But with respect to the Comey uh, testimony, I believe he deserves an opportunity to to uh, tell his side of the story. But he certainly does have a credibility issue in Congress with both parties, whether whether the Democrats want to admit it now or not. I can assure you, before he was terminated, uh, they were speaking very loudly out against his uh, his leadership, and we're encouraging uh, the administration to go in a new direction. So uh, Comey deserves an opportunity to tell his side of the story, but I do believe he has a, a huge credibility issue with the, with the public. Okay, but you've seen the reports. He, mm-hmm. uh, has, has, according to, to, to multiple sources, reported other outlets, we've, we've confirmed it here at ABC, that, that he has described a conversation with the president where the president said of the Michael Flynn investigation – I hope you can let it go. I hope you can let Flynn go. If that happened as Comey suggests it happened, does that raise – is that troubling to you? Well, if it happened, uh, it would obviously be a concern, but I would certainly want to hear the president's side. I know he's he said that uh, – he's insinuated that that wasn't – the actual scenario that happened. So I'm looking forward to Comey's testimony tomorrow, and I hope that his public testimony will provide much-needed answers to, to Congress and the American people. Congressman, I was struck by the, the profile of you in the Washington Post recently, and uh, the, the you went in there to the lion's den of your own districts and, uh, and, and listened to town hall concerns and, and professed to having some concerns about the way Trump's being uh, perceived nationally. And then you talk about how in your district, it's totally different. What do you ascribe this disconnect to? Because uh, honestly, to, to try to understand, I mean, I think we're covering incredibly important issues when it comes to this Russia probe and the, 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 what, what, what the former FBI director, fired FBI director saying about the president. What piece of it are, are your constituents when you go back home saying media is not getting, no one is understanding that, uh, that this is not a real story? I almost believe that the media has hit the law of diminishing returns when it comes to President Trump. Uh, I say that that there's so much uh, coverage uh, of the president, and it's overwhelmingly negative. And if you go back to, to Bill Clinton when he was president, uh, he his little motto among his inner circle was, it's the economy, stupid. And I, I don't think the world's changed that much since the the mid '90s when Clinton was president. It's the economy, and people in, in my district, which is a working class district, are struggling. Uh, they're struggling to pay for health care. They're they're struggling to keep their their children and grandchildren in the rural districts. Uh, they're having to move off to other. Uh, parts of American bigger cities where there are more opportunities. So uh, there's an anxiety among the public in my district that that someone uh, provide leadership in Washington to try to put the American worker uh, back at the forefront, to try to bring manufacturing jobs back, to try to reduce the regulatory burden on the small businesses. And, and for better or worse, people in my area still believe in, in President Trump. And uh, what I said with the Washington Post and, and kind of the moral of the story was, 
I had been in Washington for about five straight weeks, uh, only going home on the weekends and just being with family, not really stirring around the district because it's such a such a large district, six and a half hours from east to west to my district. Uh, after spending over a month straight in in Washington and, and listening to the doom and gloom, I just thought, well, am I going to go home and everybody that was for Trump is going to turn his back, turn their backs on Trump and call for uh, call for his resignation or impeachment or whatever? But when I started listening to people and, and the reporter was there with me, uh, you know, the people are still solidly uh, supportive of of the president and and very upset that. Uh, they feel he's being mistreated by the by the press just because there's so many, so many bad stories uh, about the president. So that's kind of the mood among the people. It's still the economy, and people really want to see the president have a chance to try to pass tax reform, to try to fix health care, to try to renegotiate the trade agreements, and all the things that the president campaigned on that that for whatever reason the the uh, the public just overwhelmingly supported him. All right, Congressman, thank you for joining us here on Powerhouse Politics. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you again after all this is uh, all the, the the Comey hearing and and the fallout is is done. Thank you for sharing your opinions though uh, uh, with us uh, today. Well, thank you for uh, the invitation, and feel free to call me anytime. Next All time right. in your district, I want to be in Kentucky for this next time. Deal. Well, yeah. You have an open invitation. We'll <laughs> uh, we'll drive around in in my truck and uh, meet some good people. I want some bourbon tastings along the way. We Thanks, can Congressman. Do that too. All right. <laughs> All right, we're in. We're in. Thank All you, right. sir. Yes, sir. Bye. Um, so, so Rick, uh, interesting conversation from from somebody who clearly has had some of his own concerns about, uh, you know the president since taking office, but is hearing strong support for the president back in his district and hearing from the people in his district, what we hear from the White House all the time, which is essentially blaming the media for the president's problems. Um, it seems to be kind of the, the, the default answer for anything. Yeah. And I, I, I and I think it's it's not he's not making it up, John. No, you no, know, this. He, he, yep. you talk to people, you know, you talk to, to people from outside of the Washington bubble and you hear it over over and over again. I've heard it from people that, that oppose Trump. They say, why is the media digging in on this? And I think his point about the saturation, Trump benefits from that because he when he sees a saturated news environment, <laughs> he saturates some more. He throws more things in there. And that's why you get an announcement of an FBI director the day before the FBI, the, the fired FBI director goes out there. He relishes in that and knows that his base is with him. And I think so important in watching his response, uh, whether it happens in real time or uh, separate from that in, um, in, in, in just response to questions to Comey is going to be his playing to that base and knowing that he's got a base with him. And, and the, the through line of a lot of the tweets that have been off message in the last couple of days even have been that it has Trump standing strong against someone or something, even if that's something is his own attorney general, even if that's something is his own Justice Department, even if that's something is his own diplomatic corps, uh, even if that's something is the, the, the mayor of, of a city that just suffered a terrorist attack. It is Trump standing strong and talking to that base. And, and by the way, though, uh, y- you know this, Rick, but, you know, having your base fired up only gets you so far. I mean, when, when your approval rating nationwide among the American public at large, you know, stands in the mid 30s. Uh, you know, basically he breaks records every day for having the lowest approval rating of any president at this point in his presidency. I, I think I saw that today was the one chance he had he had the opportunity to perhaps be surpassed by Bill Clinton, who hit a, a trough at this point in, in his presidency. But I mean, you know, it, it's all fine and well if he is uh, if the president is uh, is still popular and that 
congressional district in Kentucky. It's not going to help you move your agenda. Right. Uh, so it's not enough. It is just not enough. He can get the big crowds. He can get the screaming supporters. He can get people to echo his, you know, attacks on on everybody, especially uh, people that do what you and I do for a living. Um, but you know, he's he has yet to find a way to to broaden uh, in any way beyond beyond that that base. And in fact, that base, uh, I, I think the evidence suggests, is actually. Uh, grown a little bit narrower, maybe just as fervent and as strong in support, uh, but 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 certainly not getting any bigger. Now, Rick, we're, we're going to hear obviously the big moment with 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 uh, with James Comey's uh, testimony. This is probably the most eagerly awaited uh, congressional hearing since what Anita Hill, since Oliver North, since uh, at least since Benghazi and Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I mean. Um, Yes, yes. Uh, so so uh, we will be hearing a lot from that. We'll be hearing a lot from the critics. We just heard from a supporter of the presidents in Congress when we come back. We are going to talk uh, to somebody with one of these dark money outside groups uh, that is uh, also supporting the president and actually taking head on uh, Jim Comey. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, it's Rebecca Jarvis, and I wanted to tell you about my podcast, No Limits. We bring you a new guest with a new story every Tuesday. We're talking to trailblazing women across a variety of industries to hear about how they've built success and carved a unique path. And you can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Just search No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis and subscribe today. Joining us now on Powerhouse Politics is Eric Beach from the Great America Alliance. And first, I want to play, Eric, uh, for you, a piece of the, the ad that you have up, a uh, digital ad that's also, I believe, going to be airing on cable during James Comey's testimony. Here's a little snippet. James Comey, just another D.C. insider, only in it for himself. Paid for by Great America Alliance. So uh, uh, let's let's get just to the substance right there. That's a pretty That's a pretty... Stunning thing to say about James Comey. He was wired, widely admired by people in both parties up until this election, but only in it for himself. What What is the case against Comey that you're making here? Well, there, there's a couple of things. I mean, he was widely admired, you know, prior to the election. But during the election, he was you know, there was a lot of disappointment on both sides and also those including the media that suggested that, you know, Mr. Comey was political and he was serving a political purpose rather than, you know, his rather than doing his job as FBI director. One of the things that we wanted to point out, and if you look at the Wall Street Journal yesterday, uh, when you talk about uh, the committee trying to you know, get some of his activities and his memos is, you know, it, it, it's been asked time and time again to produce you know, the, you know, the background, these leaks and this information. And that's something that has disappointed many of us, especially on, you know, a Trump, that, a, a group that supports the president and his agenda, because we believe that this has been a distraction at best. So do you believe that James Comey is lying? No, I do not. And we didn't, we didn't attack him. We didn't call him as a liar. We don't, we don't think that he is a liar. But what we do think is that, you know, it has been a distraction and that it could have been handled better. One of the things that... But he was the again, one who was fired. I, I mean, wait, hold on. But, but he was fired by Trump. Handled better by whom? Handled better by the president? Well, in, in his own words, when he got fired by Trump, he said that the president can fire him for whatever reason that he wants to. Correct. And so I, I think what we, what we do see now is we see Mr. Comey coming out 
and we see him, you know, suggesting that, you know, whether there was, you know, there are still leaks going into his testimony tomorrow. And for the FBI, what we don't want from our FBI director, we don't want from our any of our unelected bureaucrats, is for them to have more power than you know, those that we have elected. The voters decide who our leaders are. You know, other people, others are appointed in those positions. And, you know, I think one of the things that we really need to ask ourselves is do we really want to give more power to unelected bureaucrats than we do to the people that we vote for? And the answer, in my opinion, is no. But do, do you think that it's not appropriate to scrutinize the decision of the president to fire Comey? And he's also he's described the conversations on his own end, even suggested there may be tapes of those conversations. Does Comey does not shouldn't Comey be allowed to have his say? Sure, absolutely. But uh, he also should produce, you know, the evidence that's been asked about uh, to him from uh, the committee. You know, where are the memos that have been leaked? And again, you're you're talking about either suggested stories uh, from the media that have that have been leaked to them, um, uh, talking about the memos, whether it's been from colleagues of uh, the director or you know whatever else it might be. So that is more troubling to me than anything else. Is how how are we getting this information that said and without any evidence? Yes, he's going to have his say tomorrow, but at the same time, paint the full picture. It shouldn't just be well. I can I don't have to say anything because I'm a private citizen. If you're going to come in and talk about it then paint the full picture. So, but if these memos back up his side of the conversation, then the president's lying, no? The president's lying about what? Lying about the circumstances of, of the dismissal, lying about the circumstances of their conversations. I mean, the memo... Well, I, I don't think the president has to lie about anything. The president uh, can, can fire the director of the FBI for any particular reason in which he or she pleases to do so. Um, so there, there doesn't have to be a reason to fire... Uh, the no, I, I, I granted so, that, granted that, but I'm talking about the, the what's described in the memos of 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 being asked uh, whether he can find it uh, in his heart to drop the probe against Michael Flynn, being asked for loyalty. Those are things that the White House has directly disputed. Well, well, I don't know what's in the memos, and we're going to find out. I think, I hope tomorrow to get some clarity on that. I right. So, so I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to speculate on that. But what I would like to see is. You know, and again, this is something that's been you know, up to this point or up till tomorrow has been really narrated by both the media or leaks that have come out. So I think it's important for us to listen in tomorrow. But I also I'd also like to understand some of the other investigations that have taken place during the election, because in our ad and what we talk about is that this has been political and both sides have complained about that and did complain about that up until November 8th. And it's certainly, uh, uh, you know, Secretary Hillary Clinton did that uh, in a recent interview talking about that she believes that Comey was responsible for Donald Trump's victory. So if you're going to do if you're going to paint a story, then make sure you tell the full story. And I think that's something that the committee has been trying to do with Mr. Comey. So my hope is tomorrow that he'll paint the full story when asked and that he'll supply the documents um, not just partial documents to make a case, because it's easy. The easiest thing to do is to make a case. And the other thing that has to happen um, for us to move on is, you know, was there obstruction of justice? Because I think where we've all, especially in the media, have started to really take place, um, you know, or take our places is that to talk about the rhetoric and, oh, okay, did you know, did he shake the hand too hard, or did he say this, or did he say that? If it's not uh, lawless uh, behavior by the president, again, he has the right to fire the director of the FBI in which in any manner, in any way that he seems fit, it might not be the best way, might not be the best process, but we have to be results oriented. Uh, So 
We know that um, that the White House plans for a war room kind of fall, fell apart. Uh, we now have a uh, you know, the possibility of the president tweeting in real time. We don't know exactly what that plan is. But what what's the plan on the outside? What kind of bracketing messaging do you, your group, and others aligned with with you to support the president and his and his agenda and his point of view on this? What do you plan to be doing during the hearing? So, I mean, we're we're going to run our ads. Uh, we have a few more ads that will be coming out in the uh, next forty eight hours. And, you know, also what we're going to talk about is really the culture of what the president has done uh, to help better the country. Because as I mentioned earlier, Rick, is that, you know, we keep talking about the process. But if you look at the people that he has chosen into certain positions or nominated, uh, whether it's been Judge Gorsuch to the Supreme Court, whether it's been his cabinet positions um, and also his record, just just, you know, ignore the rhetoric, but look at the record of success, both domestic and abroad. You know, there's a lot of achievements that have have been had in the last 150 days. So, you know, we're going to focus on that. And I and I expect tomorrow if reports are correct and that, you know, it stops short of. Uh, you know, talking about obstruction of justice or what have you, that we can, you know, still talk about the rhetoric and this can still be a show, but we want to move things forward so he can get back uh, on track and, and really kind of uh, kind of institute the agenda that he ran on. And that's what that's what our, that's what we're going to do from the outside. Okay, so give us some some insight into what Great America Alliance is. We knew the Great America PAC uh, in the the, uh, the the efforts during the campaign, but the the alliance. Who, the, where's the money come from? Who who are your big donors? Yeah, well, I mean, we we have you know most of our donors are not disclosed um, because it is you know being an issues based you know PAC or issues based uh, organization. So um, you know from our standpoint, what we wanted to do was you know execute on an agenda. A lot of our donor pool is. You know, the same as a PAC, and so a lot of that's public information. But, you know, we, we had over 250,000 donors uh, at the Allied PAC, uh, Great America. And then, you know, we, we really wanted to make sure that we focused on the agenda items that were very important. And I'll, I'll readily admit it's been, it's been tough because it's been a distraction, not in terms of raising money, but just in terms of execution, because we believe that the Trump agenda is being followed through with and that, you know, there are a lot of positives that have come out of this administration in the first 150 days. And so what we really need to do is kind of, you know, cycle through the weeds here and, and really try to make it sure that the public is aware of that and, and keep it forward. And then, and then secondly, you know, a lot of this, let's call it the ground activity, if you will, and I believe a lot of it's manufactured right or wrong, you know, from the, the Soros-related groups. Um, but, you know, when there's something that is going to be proposed uh, from, the, uh, from the House or whether the president's going to institute, you know, an order, what that might be, we really need to help them fight that on the ground. I mean, what we're seeing here on college campuses, what we're seeing here in the streets of, you know, Berkeley and, and others is, you know, we're really seeing uh, an audience out there that is just unhinged. And so what we want to do is make sure that, you know, we had 30 million uh, people that supported, you know, supported our organization in one way or another um, because they supported the, the president. And we, we really want to make sure that we mobilize and energize those uh, folks on the ground. And that's going to be an important task for us. So I understand you don't dis- you don't there's no need to disclose the, the donors. Uh, uh, but you, you're, you're very closely aligned with a number of people that are closely aligned with the White House. I know uh, Rudy Giuliani, Ed Rollins, uh, Newt Gingrich have all been involved with the PAC at different stages. How how closely are you lining up with people who are I know you don't coordinate directly with the White House, but are you talking to people in, in that uh, in that sort of outer circle or White House aides and advisors and, and trying to coordinate messaging? 
No, we don't do that. Um, and here's why. You know, when you have somebody like Ed Rollins uh, that helps run, you know, strategy on, you know, the PAC side, and, you know, I, I have a little bit of a history of that, you know, our job is really to understand what the electorate is doing. And, you know, the, the president will have, you know, his folks that will, you know, be on the inside, you know, doing the activity that they're going to do, whether it's rapid response or proactive messaging. Uh, we're experienced enough to go on the outside and know what the electorate needs to do and help not only defend the president, but support the agenda. All right, uh, Eric Beach, uh, we appreciate you joining us here. Talk about the Great America Alliance. I know you're going to be active uh, during Comey's testimony. Thanks so much. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. All right, and that does it for this edition of Powerhouse Politics. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick Klein. You can follow John on Twitter at John Carl. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Give us some feedback. Let us know how you're doing, how we're doing. Tune in for Comey. We'll be back very soon with all the fallout of that and more. Thanks for listening.